0: everyone, and welcome to episode 42 of the Holding Court podcast. Today, my guest will be Ilana Grines, a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of California. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so we're going to be discussing the importance of mental health in sports, the effects COVID-19 has had on individuals, the benefits and the downsides of social media, and a simple tip you can use today to check in with your friends. All coming up right now on Holding Court. Boom. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? It's so good to see you. I know. So we go way back to college days. We won't won't get into the details of that, but we've known each other for a while, and we've talked about doing an episode together for a long time, so it's good to have you. Thank you for having me. It is such an exciting day. We are going to tackle mental health awareness
1: because it is May, but also because we know that it's super important and I'm so excited
0: to be here. I love it. So before we get into our chat, I always love to get everyone's background and how they got to be where they are. And obviously we got to get you a little credibility with the listeners. So walk us through your, your path that led you here.
1: So I went to UC Berkeley for undergrad and I majored in psychology. And there I learned that I loved talking about sex, anxiety, relationships, and I knew I wanted to be a therapist. So I took a few years off, traveled the world, and then went to graduate school, got my marriage and family therapy degree, which is actually a master's in psychology here in Southern California. And I have been working with all kinds of populations for the last few years and have just transitioned into my private practice.
0: You're living my dream pretty much because I've talked about it on here before. I've always wanted to be a mashup of Sue Johansson, which those of my late-nighters that would stay up and watch Sex Talk with Sue, the little old lady from Canada, and also the female Dr. Phil, and you're doing it. Amazing. Yeah, we've talked about this off air, but... (laughs) I really want to be a mashup of Esther Perel,
1: who is amazing, and Dr. Ruth. So I also speak five languages similar to Esther Perel, and she's just literally an inspiration, Um, all things psychology. And hopefully that's my career path, starting with holding court. (laughs) There you go. I love the plug. That's perfect.
0: Yeah, so as you mentioned, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. The Dodgers recently, this past week, had Mental Health Awareness Night and we just couldn't think of a better way to bring awareness to these issues um, that we both see so important. And we would love for this to be the start of a recurring podcast where we could bring you insight. Obviously, yours a little more credible than mine, but I will bring my life experience into it of different mental health themes. Amazing.
1: Yes. So we've we've jotted down some really great ideas, and I don't know how your listeners give you feedback, but if they can some mental health themes that they are really interested in seeing more of. Today, we're going to talk a little more about sports. I know that's your forte, but any other (laughs) issues that they find to be really valid in their own lives, we'd love to talk about it.
0: Yeah. So I obviously want to tie this in with sports and baseball, because that's usually kind of where we land in the podcast with the sprinkles of pop culture and and other things. but. This is kind of starting to become more talked about, I think in sports and, you know, teams obviously have their resources to players and their families and teams most, I would assume all of them in major league baseball employ some form of a sports psychologist um, that's accessible to players if they need it. But we're just talking and obviously you said sports is kind of my thing and I'm going to teach you the ropes of baseball (laughs) as a... An LA girl. I feel like we gotta mm-hmm. get you a little more into it. But we were just talking and with baseball, it's such a mental game. And I was explaining to her, all of famers are succeeding at the plate three out of ten times. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, you're set up to fail. Yeah. <laughs> and even like a game you could prepare and you put everything into it and you go up to the plate and you don't get a result and then you mix in you know guys that are up and down from the minor leagues and trades and all of that and like the external pressures and then mix in whatever family or personal issues they could have it's kind of just a perfect storm of everything for them
1: yeah I think that this is probably not spoken about ever except for maybe one night of the year in May but sports teams just like any other teams, just like any other humans, have their own mental health issues. And it's amazing that these professionals have access to mental health, but I'm curious, do they actually access them? Is that something that they, they want to do? Is that perceived as a strength or a weakness? I know that these players may have the access to it, but do their teammates cheer them on and say like, hey, like today would be a really good day to go and talk to your therapist about that feeling? Or <laughs> I saw that you were having a hard time pitching today. Like, Maybe maybe there's something going on that we can't see. Maybe it's not your shoulder. Maybe, Maybe it's something that you're experiencing internally. So I think starting the conversation about like, we all experience anxiety and triggers and things that are happening under the surface and maybe accessing mental health services is something that we can normalize even in big major league sports teams.
0: Yeah. Like you mentioned, someone could be going through something injury wise or it could be the ups and downs, you know, instability in their career or going through a trade or... But there's so much that, you know, the the fan would not know about someone and what they're going through. And I think, you know, a game that is so performance-based and everything is about winning, you know, someone could be going through something and you would have no idea. Mm-hmm. But so many fans, it's just so easy to be like, oh, this player sucks or, oh, let me, you know bash them or if someone like puts money on a game and there's so much writing on it, but they don't know everything that's going on just beyond those normal things that a player would go through. I think, I
1: think players face so many challenges that we don't see. And I think that we're going to segue into this, but social media has become a domain in which the lay person, the person who isn't playing the game or the person that isn't in that stressful position can put their opinion on the other but they're not in that other person's head. And so I would encourage everyone to maybe take a little stance of empathy because we don't know what the other person is experiencing. And so if there's anything I can message for this mental health may, but really just for the rest of the year is just, can we all be a little more empathetic to each other's struggles? We only see what we see and social media is like this amazing outlet. But I think that It comes with a lot of downfalls, and it doesn't speak to all of the struggles that we are experiencing as humans. And we're humans first, right? Our careers come second. But sometimes social media takes that away from us, and we are just the player who had a really bad night, or we're just the player who X, Y, and Z. And so just remembering that all of us have human struggles, and they're not always broadcast for everyone to
0: see. Yeah, It makes total sense. And it's interesting because I even find, I think I talked about this a little when Kelly and Maddie were on the show and we were just talking about baseball life in general. I think it's interesting if there are any sort of, not even complaints about your job or our life, because people look at it and they're like, oh my gosh, your husband is paid X amount of dollars and he's playing a children's game and what joy and like you're expected to perform and be on. And I think that that if you have anything negative to say about it, or you mention any sort of struggle that goes along with it, people look at it as maybe ungrateful or, oh, I'll do that. Like I'll take that job if you don't want it sort of thing. And it's not about that at all. It's, you know, there's definitely gratefulness when there's so many perks and we absolutely enjoy it. But I think when you get to the other side of it, or you even start to talk about it, it might come off the wrong way and people could see it as like, Oh, you don't appreciate it. Or I don't know. They expect it to be easy. I think
1: that speaks to sometimes we, we minimize other people's experiences and it kind of becomes like the struggle Olympics. Like, well, this is how difficult my life is and your life looks perfect. And it's not about comparing each other's lives. Like baseball wives have their own difficulties, just like working wives or working husbands have their own difficulties. And I think what we're speaking to is the things that happen behind closed doors are things that none of us know about. Have a little grace, have a little empathy. Try to understand that like, yes, this is their job, but it is super stressful. It is super stressful to go out on that field and know that you have a three and three and 10 chance of hitting that ball. I mean, yeah. that would stress me out. And I, I'm just a therapist, <laughs> but I wouldn't want to go out on the field and have that much pressure on me. I think that that would give me a very nervy, nervous tummy as, <laughs> as we're just talking on this podcast. Yeah. But, um, I, I think that the pressures that we face and then saying something like, you know. Well, you live this really cushy life and you get to travel everywhere. It doesn't allow for people to be honest about their feelings. Like, what is the likelihood that you, Courtney, are going to go and talk about your anxieties or your stressors when other people tell you, like, well, your husband plays plays a child's game. You should be grateful. Do you want want to talk about your feelings and your emotions after hearing that?
0: I know. Even when you just came over, you're like, how are things going? And I'm like, can't complain. Like, it just feels strange to be like, oh, I'm stressed because I have to pack or I'm stressed because we have this foundation event. I don't know. It just seems there's this idea that because our life is a little more comfortable that Mm -hmm. it should just be easier and that you're, you know, you can't have the same struggles. And obviously I'm not a mom, but I know like the baseball mamas are, I see it firsthand and they go through it and it's really like similar to doing a lot of things on your own and being a single mom and having to do things and make decisions with your kids and all of that. So I don't know. It does feel weird if I ever want to vent about anything that I'm doing.
1: Mm-hmm. I asked Courtney, I think three times I said, no, but really, how are you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> there is a facade happening.
1: Yeah. <laughs> because I think that, I think that we are taught that if we have any form of privilege that our lives should not be difficult and we shouldn't feel stressed and here I am to debunk that, that we can have a lot of privilege and we can be aware of our privilege, right? But recognize that we still exist with anxieties and stressors and depression and life is stressful. Look at the news. It is extremely stressful.
0: I think I like it works on the other side of my comparison as well because I'll say, okay, well, Justin is here and he's been here for several years and you know, obviously comparison to other players on the team that maybe haven't stuck in the majors yet or they've been traded or this and that like we have so much stability so sometimes it seems silly if i think of it in comparison mm-hmm. oh well yeah maybe this is stressful or maybe i worry about this but it could be worse and so i i'll use that and minimize what i'm going through because it just seems our life is so much easier when i compare it to someone else
1: Yeah, and comparison is the thief of joy so i would i would tend to say like let's ground ourselves in gratitude. And and I think that you do that very often, um, but really just knowing that it's not about comparing ourselves to others or th- the privilege that we hold, but recognizing that we all have our own internal struggles and demons. And that that's an amazing conversation to start. One that I mean, I, I haven't seen very, very much of until very recently. but everyone is going through their own struggle. And I'm so excited that we can talk about that in terms of baseball, in terms of professional sports, in terms of, our own mental health in terms of baseball wives, something I am not familiar with. And so <laughs> from what I see on my couch or behind my screen is that people in high level stress jobs, they, they don't want to seem weak. They don't want to come across as like not being able to handle their jobs or their families. And sometimes it's really important to ask for help. So I, I'm curious, how do players ask for help? Is that something that they're allowed to do?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've definitely heard of, you know, the team having their sports psychologists and that availability there. But yeah, I have the same concern of who's utilizing it. And obviously, you know, MLB also has their mental wellness programs in place for players and their families to reach out. And I just wonder if it's under I'm assuming it's underutilized because like you said, it's not something that guys would be like, oh, I'm gonna go pop into this person's office and talk about it. It's so much but it like you think about a baseball player and it's so much like this full body of work. at the nutrition and the training and the everything like performance base, but it is so mental. And mm-hmm. I think it's easier to talk about breaking down a swing or breaking down a game and kind of almost admitting that. I don't know. Cause someone will be struggling. Let's say a guy's going through a slump and it's like a few days and he doesn't have a hit or he's a pitcher and he keeps getting lit up in the game and all of this. And everyone's like, oh gosh, he's pressing or he's trying too hard. Or, oh my gosh. He is a head a case right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just so easy to be like, oh yeah, I can't get right in my head and kind of related sport, like masculine mindset of like, oh yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm all, you know, I need to figure this out, or I need to get my swing right, and just attribute it to performance or something you can work on and fix, like physically. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know how much of it is being utilized, or how like how much people are are reaching out for the help because it is so. I mean, it's so mental, and everyone just stresses that so much. Like it's such a mental game, and like you think about on the other side, like someone's feeling confident, like someone's on a streak. And I swear it—they're hitting anything near them, and mm-hmm. just home runs and doubles, and they steal. Like they're untouchable, mm-hmm. and it's—it works in the reverse way. Like they're feeling good, and they have, you know, everything's right, and everything's clicking, and they're unstoppable. So our mentality is really always either
1: working for us or against us, but recognizing that. Not everyone's gonna have the best day. And sometimes you're really hitting everything in in that's coming near you, but you may not be having the best day upstairs either. Yeah. But I, I just want to segue back to these resources aren't being accessed because there's an expectation of athletes or men to look and act a certain way. And I'm I'm under the impression, and you could tell me if I'm wrong, but sometimes saying I need help with my emotions comes across as looking weak and most players want to be the strong character of a man. Yeah. And so I hope that there are more players who come out and say like, look, like these are the resources I have accessed. Here are some resources for you to access if you ever feel this way. And I think that a lot of celebrities are now speaking to their journeys through depression and anxiety. And and I think that that is allowing the world to kind of get on board a little. So I know, I know that this is probably more towards the end, but A quick internet search can help any of your listeners find accessible mental health resources. So I don't know where you're listening in the area or not, but if you Google like sliding scale mental health resources, you can find something that's in your area that can help you access something that will help you with whatever it is you're struggling.
0: Yeah, it's so important. And I know recently there was an article in Sports Illustrated that I'd shared with you A relief pitcher, Ryan Buchter, is kind of trying to change the mindset of athletes in baseball. He's someone that has changed organizations 10 times in 14 seasons, and he has struggled with his own mental health. And he's trying to create kind of this network of players where they can reach out and they can have that support system because – I mean, just like I've tried to explain baseball life to you, like unless Mm -hmm. you're in it, like Mm -hmm. it's so hard to understand it and everything going on. So to have kind of that support of your fellow man, that's going to be able to understand what you're going through. Cause I know guy, like Justin has alluded to how much, you know, they talk and him being a veteran on the team and, you know, guys will go to him. But I think, like I said before, it's probably more like performance Mm -hmm. and like, even if it's a mental struggle, it's probably something that they're trying to fix with a swing correction or a different training or going in the cages. I don't think it's always like, oh, well, this is going on at home. And like, there's so much, we said it before of what people don't know beyond the surface. Like you could be dealing with something family related or a health issue or fertility issues, Mm -hmm. something like that. And you're just expected to perform that night and you can't go on social media and be like, sorry guys, you know, my wife is dealing with this, you know, through our fertility journey. Mm -hmm. Like, sorry, I didn't perform tonight because everyone would be like a what you're Mm -hmm. supposed to be able to perform. You're paid to perform. You're not allowed to mention those personal struggles because there's been so many times when players have went through a bad game. And then I've obviously gotten word that someone in their family was sick or Mm -hmm. someone has passed away and I want so bad to go to bat for them. On Twitter, and well, this player is going through this, da, da 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 da. And kind of, I don't know, I feel like some people would probably come back and be like, so, like, you know, and that's probably the rare person, but there is that group of people that would probably say, like, okay, well, then why did he pitch tonight? Or, you know, like that sort of thing. And it's so weird because I just can't imagine ever doing that. And mm-hmm. I think maybe because I'm in it and I, hear about what everyone's going I mean not everything that people are going through but I hear so much about it and so you do have that empathy towards people mm-hmm. of like oh that's why they're having a bad game or there's those games where they're going through the craziest shit and they mm-hmm. just have a monster game and you're like yes <laughs> like get that stress relief and all of that but I know it is weird that you think about what someone would think when it comes to such a difficult struggle that someone would have in their personal life. Because it goes back to, okay, you're in this job and you mm-hmm. are expected to do this and you're not allowed to be human. And I think that that may be a little aggressive saying that for a lot of people, there are a lot of people that are super understanding, a lot of like Mm -hmm. incredibly caring fans that would probably want to know a lot of these things that Mm -hmm. players are going through so they could offer their support. So I don't want it to come off like I'm saying that's the majority of people, but there are those people that would kind of have that reaction, even if they knew what was going on. So it does make it tough because you're expected to just kind of put all of that aside And I've even talked about it when I think we did our Valentine's Day episode with Justin and I've mentioned like if there's something, not like a fight, maybe a fight, but like I used (laughs) to not text him a certain time before a game Mm -hmm. if there was something that I needed to bring up or even if, I don't know, something's going on with the house or whatever, like I kind of just put that aside Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I don't want anything to be in his head when he's going into the game. So you just kind of like push it aside. So they don't have any distractions and they're trying to perform.
1: That's so nice of you.
0: I know. What a good wife.
1: What a good wife. I hope <laughs> Justin's listening. <laughs> um. <laughs> be. He's
0: probably jilted that he's not on the episode. But
1: I, think, <laughs> I think that this Ryan Butcher um, article that you referenced on Sports Illustrated was so powerful. Am I allowed to curse? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so the article is called A Lot of Us Are Fucked Up Inside a Devastating Gig Economy of that feel good? That might
0: have been our first F-bomb on the show. I lied to you. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Um, I think I've said shit before, but that's about it. (laughs) I'm proud of you. Thank you. I think that, (laughs) I mean, I drop those
1: often. I was just trying to be respectful. I think that him sharing his story was so impactful. And I think Sports Illustrated did a great job of highlighting um, what it feels like for someone to walk away due to mental health issues. But, you know, we've been kind of like dancing around this, but social media is so impactful in mental health issues. And for good and for bad, I think that you just said it, like a lot of our fans would love to know about our struggles, but a lot of our fans don't want to know about our struggles. And that's the same for whether you're a sports player or a therapist or an attorney or a teacher. Like most people don't really want to know about what you're struggling with. It's the facade that we put on. And I think that Allowing ourselves to say like I've had a really hard day, or my students were really tough, or my patients really took the life out of me. Sometimes that's necessary, but social media has turned this into a surface level conversation. So like, if I scroll through Justin's social media account, it'd be perfect, and and wow. and he's like, thank you, and, <laughs> and I can also scroll through some of the comments and read these horrific things. And so while I don't want to speak to his experience, I want to speak to yours, what is it like when something happens in your personal life that you can't talk about, and I'm not going to mention anything, but then you get all these hate-filled messages from all these people who literally do not know
0: you? I have such a hard time with social media. I feel like I've gotten better. I've said on here before, I don't let myself search his name on Twitter anymore. That used to be when we were first dating, you could like go in the search bar and type his name and then any mention of him was on there and so let's say he has a bad game or he makes an error like I would go on there and search like Mm -hmm. the first I think I allowed myself to do that maybe like the first two or three years we were dating Mm -hmm. which I'm just looking for bad shit Mm -hmm. like I wasn't doing that when he would like make a great play or he would have a game-winning hit or something Mm -hmm. like that it's like I was searching I was like torturing myself and Mm -hmm. I used to respond more. Now I'll just do it kind of like in a sarcastic way. Like Mm -hmm. people will be like get in the cages or you suck or whatever, but it is really hard to hold back. And obviously, especially after everything that happened in the world series, Mm -hmm. which we've still like repressed that and haven't talked about that, but that was so difficult. Like, I mean, it was to the extreme of like death threats and Mm -hmm. kill yourself and like you're a effing you know just ho- like horrific things and it's weird because I would be showing them to friends and they're like Courtney that's awful and in a way I'm like almost like numb to it mm. at this point like I'm like oh yeah the, the death threats yeah okay and like it hurts but it's like it doesn't affect me in the way that it used to mm-hmm. and I don't think that it's I'm not giving those people the power I think I'm used to like i don't know is that even possible that like it's still it is like hurtful but it's not i'm like i'm not surprised by it i guess i'll say that
1: that's i just think that's so sad i mean the fact that you're used to getting death threats and i know we we spoke about this but i think that social media has created a space where the veil there's a very thick veil so there's the screen between you and the other person and they forget that you're human and that you have a human experience. And that was a huge game for you and Justin and the team. And there's someone sitting behind that screen reading that message that says, go kill yourself. And that is an awful feeling. And while you may be used to it, yeah, um, that is not a good feeling for most. And I would, I would gather that most people who would get death threats via social media would not feel good about it. And I just... I want to encourage people to see the humanity of others. I guess that, that that's what yeah. it comes down to. And I know that you, you said this off air and I want you to say it again, but like, would anyone ever say half of that? Those
0: things to you oh, in real no. life? No, I've said this in the, I don't know, nine years I've known Justin. I, he has been approached by thousands of fans. I'm sure at mm-hmm. restaurants or events or anything. And I, I've never seen anyone come up and say, hey, I hate you or hey, you suck or Mm -hmm. hey, you did this. Like it's almost like those people saying that stuff don't leave their parents' basement or they they just wouldn't say it without the Mm -hmm. safety net of the screen in front of them. And it's funny because a lot of times, like, I don't know, I I don't think Justin really responds to it anymore, but like in the past, like maybe just being like, okay, dude, whatever, then the person will then be Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, you responded. Like, I love you. I just sent that as like a joke. And it's like, what? Like this weird, like attention seeking. I don't know. I've just never been watching a sporting event and someone messes up and I'm like, let me go on Mm -hmm. and like tell them to go kill themselves. Like I don't berate them. Yeah. Like, of course I've been upset. I mean, I'm a Bears fan. Like, of course I've been pissed Mm -hmm. off at the entire team or individual players, but I've never had the mind to go on there and make like a harassing threat. Like it's just wild to me. And like you mentioned, there's so much good of social media because I do think it is so powerful Mm -hmm. and you can reach so many people in a split second and spread any sort of awareness and use whatever platform you have. But there is such a dark side of it Mm -hmm. that I don't really know... I don't know what side outweighs the other. Like I, I have like this love hate with it. Cause it's like, we're able to have our platform with our foundation and like mm-hmm. spread awareness with that. But there's such a bad side. And again, this is like the minority of people, like this is not right. like, but those things are often the loudest that you see. <laughs> and I feel like if you were doing what I was doing and like seeking it out, it does seem like the volume of that, like I'll get a hundred comments on a post Well, on a good day. So maybe like 10 or 15 (laughs) on a post. And if there's one shitty one, Mm -hmm. like that's all I think about. Of course. And it's like, why am I giving like any weight? Like if any of my girlfriends or any of my friends wanted to say that to me, then I would give weight to it or I would Mm -hmm. like think about it or I would consider it. But it's just so strange that someone that often is just represented on social media with, a cartoon as their photo or a fake name, or they didn't even bother to add a photo. So it's just like the little Twitter bird on there and you're like allowing it to like affect your mood. And it's, I don't know, it's silly. And I know I'm going to look back in it one day and be like, that was so dumb that I, I cared so much about it. Yeah. That. And so I've just tried to like kind of keep scrolling but I just I would be lying if I said it didn't like sometimes like stop me in my tracks and be like oh that sucks like I this person so. decided to write that like I literally posted a photo of in Cabo me like in a swimsuit of my butt cheeks like mm-hmm. in a I mean not like only of my butt cheeks but it was like they were in part of the photo yeah. <laughs> as your body contains <laughs> butt cheeks okay as everyone has as everyone cheeks. has cheeks yep and like i'm getting all these comments of like i didn't expect this from you like this is you know such a slutty image like you're a, like you're a wife and like i would expect this from some of the other girls but not you i'm like to have butt cheeks like okay wow. let me just like tuck my cheeks i don't know let me just
1: censor my whole life to please everyone but it
0: bothered me and it's strange because i'm like wait i like the photo was so fun we were like having a blast it was my birthday trip and It was such a good memory and I liked the picture. I liked the swimsuit, but that person wanted me to like feel shitty about myself. And And for what purpose? And I don't know. It's just strange that someone was like, let me take the time to... Slut shame your butt cheeks. So, I don't know. So then this is my question. <laughs> do
1: you take the time out to respond to that person? So do you take the time out to respond to that person and be like, well, I am a wife and I'm a very proud wife and I'm a proud woman and I'm a proud owner of this body. And butt cheeks. And butt cheeks. Or or do you <laughs> not respond because perhaps your p- response would be misconstrued? I think that that's a, that's a fear I think a lot of people face, which is I do have a social media presence and I want to speak And defend myself Mm -hmm. Um, but the fear of defending yourself also comes with you know maybe my words will be misread maybe I'll say the wrong thing and then I'll come off as the bad guy and I think you walk a very fine line in defending yourself on social media because you're not hearing the context and you're not hearing anything really yeah it's just it's just five words 40 characters whatever it is yeah and And so can you defend yourself? Is is that worth that energy? And I think that this is something that plagues a lot of like 18 to 22 year olds who have mainly learned to communicate via social media and text messages, which is like so much gets misconstrued between the lines. Yeah. And that conversation that happens in our head is so difficult. And how often do you actually sit with your friends and you're like, well, someone commented on my Instagram or my Twitter and it really (laughs) hurt my feelings. I mean- I I would hope that more people do that because then hopefully we would be kinder to each other. But I think that that's a real thing and it's a real form of anxiety. Like I'm putting myself out there, being my most genuine, authentic self, having a good time. Yeah. I'm not looking for people to
0: judge me. I didn't know I was only allowed to post in turtlenecks and like very (laughs) conservative wear, but I will take that woman's comment not into consider. And then I don't know. It made me, I was like, wait, do I have this image? And is this not an authentic post? Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, no, like I post, I mean, I was in Mexico in a bikini. Like that's, you were the living uniform yeah. yeah you were living your life and it's just strange and it, like you mentioned the younger age but we're in this like weird age group mm-hmm. where we were able to experience like both sides yep. of social media like not having it and then kind of like a little towards i guess like the end of like high school college like the MySpace coming and like Facebook <laughs> and I almost said FaceTime Facebook so we've seen like the other side yes. and like i don't know if anyone is i don't know that's crazy to think about if people are even able to I'm getting like sidetracked but even even able to convey to like younger kids of the permanence of like social media mm-hmm. and like what they're putting out there and even like the cyberbullying and all of that and like the consequences of that like it, I'm glad we didn't have any of that
1: I agree really when, I, when and, you and I met we were limited to like 60 photos in a Facebook album yeah and and I remember I tagged you in a
0: photo and that was like your profile picture was it yeah Holding balloons I'm gonna, oh uh, I was the up yeah I was like <laughs> I was bringing them in for like a student government event yeah. and I looked literally like the guy from up
1: but but the fact that we didn't have <laughs> we didn't have an outlet to bully each other via the internet we had to say it to each other's faces yeah and people aren't going up to Justin at Casa Vega and saying like wow you really don't blow up my spot of Casa Vega <laughs> <laughs> they're not they're not coming up to
0: him and saying
1: like you really sucked at this game today because they wouldn't dare. I mean, and if they would, then I'm sure he would stand up for himself. But they wouldn't come up it to him. It would you. be
0: in a different way. Like, if they lost, they like, I have definitely have someone be like, oh, tough one out there. Like, mm-hmm. you'll get him tomorrow kind of thing. Or like, oh, that pitcher in the other team. Like, that was a rough one today. Like, kind of thing. But more of just, like, what you would say if you were talking to a friend that was, like, also a fan of the Dodgers. Like, right. oh, this one sucked today. But, like, we'll get him tomorrow kind of thing. Yeah, that's like a brotherly thing. It's yeah. not going to be like, I saw your wife's butt cheeks. <laughs> she is a slore. And <laughs> also nice over like (laughs) deuces yeah enjoy your album I I don't
1: see (laughs) I don't think so so I think that it's I mean I think this is all tied into our mental health which is can we be kind to each other both on and off screen and what are the kind of people what are the kinds of people that we want to be who who are we as our authentic selves and I know that this is like a very long way of getting to that but I think bringing awareness to all things that affect our mental health are so important. Um, Our high stress jobs, our relationships, both on and off screen, the way we present ourselves, our communities, the communities we build intentionally and unintentionally. Um, And just in general, how do we talk about the things that we're facing? Can we bring it to our friends who will then encourage us to find help in the right ways or is this something that we have to internalize and we can never talk about? And then it becomes shameful. And and then we explode at some point in a very unhealthy fashion. So I hope I just brought this all back around beautifully. (laughs) But I think that the last portion of what we wanted to talk about today was how COVID has changed all of this.
0: Yeah. And just kind of putting a bow on what you said and terms of social media like it can be such a good platform and you'll see it all the time of like even the sports illustrated article like someone that has a platform using that for good Mm -hmm. and raising that awareness a celebrity or an influencer or one of the tiktokers is that what they're called tiktok stars I don't know. I'm old.
1: I'm just starting that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> They're like using their platform to say, Hey, I'm not okay. Or this mm-hmm. is going on. Or even just sharing any resources are huge. So that is the like the positive side of social media and just being able to come out and say that. And we are kind of talking a little bit before the episode, even motherhood. Yes. I feel like Growing up, moms were expected to mm-hmm. say, oh, this is what I was born to do. And this is so lovely. And, you know, we love our children and it's all roses and butterflies. And- it's the most
1: magical experience.
0: Yeah. And now there's just, I mean, you see it on tiktoks and moms Mm -hmm. that are like this sucks some days i'm exhausted like Mm -hmm. i my friend the other day went and stayed in a hotel by herself and was like you know what's wonderful silence for a night and not having (laughs) to hear her kid." i know them for
1: normalizing that experience because postpartum i think just became something that's been talked about in the last five years yeah and we we all know that that's a serious mental health concern for mothers who have just given birth
0: yeah. And so to be able to normalize struggling and saying, you know, cause I'm, I've talked about it on here, I have a hard time asking for help mm-hmm. and I would rather try to do it myself, even if that is the most efficient, isn't the most efficient way. Mm-hmm. And so I think someone saying like, okay, I do need help or I am struggling with this or I am going through this in, you know, motherhood or whatever it may be or relationships, I think is so new. And I think even just this is, I'm getting like so sidetracked, but even fertility issues.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like I grew up thinking like someone having a miscarriage or a fertility issue was like a freaking unicorn. Like, mm-hmm. And now it's like you hear the stats on it right. and women that are going through it and you realize everyone knows someone and probably multiple people that are struggling. And so for people to use their platform on social media, no matter how large it is, and be able to normalize that, I think is huge. Because I think it's all just power in numbers. And mm-hmm. let's say, I don't know, because my girlfriends and I, we have our book club and I won't even mention, but a lot of us go to therapy. I go to therapy every single week. And Amazing. I think once someone says, Oh, I went to therapy and I was talking about my anxiety or this and that, mm-hmm. someone else will be like, Oh, I do too. Mm-hmm. Like and yeah. so I think it's it's one of those like it just takes one person. Mm-hmm. And I always think about this is so off track. But like even in, in high school or growing up, like you have these girls in school that are like super cool, right? Popular, Mm -hmm. not us. I don't know. Maybe you were. (laughs) No. (laughs) And you kind of like put them on this pedestal, right? Like you or you're like, Oh my gosh, they're perfect. Like, do they even fart? Like they're so Mm -hmm. whatever. And then one of them would offer up like, Something. Any morsel that made them seem normal. Yes. yes. And then you're like, oh my God, I totally shit myself too. And you're mm-hmm. like, wait, I don't even <laughs> shit myself. But like it, just <laughs> I'm going to circle this <laughs> all back. Okay. <laughs> but it's like you, the second, you know, that someone else that you see as someone maybe higher than mm-hmm. you or like one of your peers offers up like any ounce of like normalcy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I would just grab it and be like, totally. oh my God, I totally dumped the bag of chips in my mouth when I'm home alone. Like, oh yeah. my God. Cause you just assume that no, like someone like that or like a popular girl at school is without any struggle. Mm -hmm. So I think it just takes one was kind of my point. So like on social media, (laughs) you see a friend posting of like struggling with something, or you see an athlete using their platform to mention any sort of mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly you're like, oh, okay, I'm normal. Like, and it's that, you know, that, oh, it's maybe not the norm Mm -hmm. to struggle with it or want to, you know, go beyond it. But You just need that one other person. And so I just think that is the positive of social media or any sort of celebrity is to using it to bring awareness. I really brought that back nicely for you.
1: Thank you. I mean, I'm appreciative that you are now the cool girl who says that I go to therapy so that other people can say I go to therapy because I think that it is so important. Therapists go to therapists. Um, Everyone should go to therapy. And I mean that with lots of love because I think we all have our own childhood struggles that we could work through or day-to-day stressors and just having that conversation of saying like I go to therapy and I feel supported and knowing that that a space exists is amazing so thank you for being the cool girl who started that conversation but also of course also I hope that other people will encourage each other to go to therapy and not think it's just for the people who need to go to the loony bin, as people in my life used to say. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think that therapy is a place where you can learn tools to manage just about everything. But also for some people, it's the only space that they see, they feel seen and heard. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I can think of a lot of celebrities, but today like Demi Lovato is the person who's really speaking out about mental health issues and Selena Gomez and whatever and they are normalizing this conversation which i don't think was around when we were in high school no and so i'm so appreciative to that because one person needs to have this conversation and then it's a ripple effect so my hope is that next year for may there's more of an effort and more of a like show not show but like not performative but like people actually offering resources yeah, to each other yeah for mental health awareness month and not just like a single post or a single banner or you know whatever some performative action but actually like here are the resources that you can you can access and here are the resources your friends can access and this is what this looks like this is what depression looks like this is what anxiety looks like let's talk about it have any of you experienced this great join our zoom
0: Yeah, I think it used to be celebrities would just say they were taking time away and it would Mm -hmm. be they were going to like Promises in Malibu. (laughs) Fancy rehab. Yeah, or it was like, oh, I'm just taking a break. Mm -hmm. And I think now, and obviously, you know, people, a lot of people are private and Mm -hmm. they don't share even the good stuff in their life. So Mm -hmm. I totally understand not wanting to offer it up, but I just think going along with Justin and I and recognizing the reach of Mm -hmm. his platform that I have now jumped on with him is huge like we wouldn't have it any other way is to use it for good
1: i mean i think that you firsthand see what mental health means to veterans and the population that you both service through the organization so i think knowing the impact that you have and how that affects others is so important yeah and and now due to covid mental health resources are super accessible so for any of your listeners I just want to talk briefly about that if that's okay.
0: Yeah. I sidetracked us before we got to COVID and obviously it's been such a challenging year and there, I mean, everyone was alone and you were kind of just alone with whoever you were with. And there was just that kind of need of friends to check in on one another. But if, like you said, if you're someone that doesn't really talk about that or your struggles, maybe... I don't know. There was something going on social media that was like, check in with your strong friends, Mm -hmm. something similar along those lines. And just saying like, hey, how are you? And not being someone like me where I'm like, I'm great. I'm great. (laughs) Everything's fine. Here's the curtain over everything. But it's, I mean, last year was difficult no matter who you were. Mm -hmm. And no one was without struggling from COVID. Totally. I mean, so- I, I've
1: developed this great thing with my friends, which is just the word wellness check. So mm-hmm. I send a quick text to like five people every day and it's not the same five people. It's just, it literally are just the words wellness check um, because I think that it's an easy way to actually ask someone how they're doing without saying, how are you? Because we've been so conditioned to people please and say, I'm doing well,
0: I'm doing Have you good. ever like... Honestly, you'll see someone in like an elevator and you're like, how are you? And have you ever said anything other than good? Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> well, me, I'm like, good. How are you? Even if I'm like having right. the shittiest day, we're no. just so like normalized to be like, totally. We've, I'm learned, great. I'm we've good. learned,
1: we've learned how to people please. And I think that that was maybe one of the first things we learned in grad school, which is like, how are you is the worst question to ask your clients unless they genuinely know that, that you want them to be as honest as possible. So usually like tell me about your struggles and your successes this week or so that's what I always do I start with like a wellness check with my friends so that they can be as honest about whatever it is that they're feeling so there's one tip that I hope
0: your viewers get is like maybe start a text message thread that just says wellness check Um, I hope I'm on your wellness checklist you are I'm gonna get one tomorrow morning
1: (laughs) and so so speaking to how COVID has changed mental health as a mental health professional so when I started my private practice I was working online and this was pre-covid it was like October 2020 was that pre-covid 2019
0: 2019. 2020 was the bad one okay yeah so
1: 2019 (laughs) and I was working out of my living room servicing a smaller portion of people on the internet and everyone was just like I don't really want to do teletherapy and then March 18th hit and everyone was forced onto the computer to do therapy and I personally as a therapist have loved it I know a lot of my clients love it but it has opened the world to people accessing mental health and accessing therapists mental health professionals I mean therapists aren't the only type of mental health professionals but like counselors and psychiatrists there are apps for everything and so Hopefully I can mention a few, but like psychology today is an amazing resource for you to go and look through all of the mental health professionals who are in your area. There's goodtherapy.org. There's OpenPath. Um, NAMI, NAMI, the National Alliance for Mental Health, has resources and so does um, mentalhealth.gov. So if you're not in the California area and you're trying to re- access resources, they have huge, huge databases that can help you. And so knowing that you can literally see a therapist in the middle of Arkansas in like a small little city or, you know, on a boat in Alaska, like there is a therapist out there for every single person. And there are therapists who specialize in everything, like from Christian counseling to LGBT counseling to, I mean, I I could go on and on and on, kink positive. And so... Knowing that these things are now available at your fingertips is so important and knowing that all of these things can also be accessed at a sliding scale. So if you're having a hard time accessing resources due to finance, websites like OpenPath or even Talkspace and BetterHelp have sliding scale fees so that every single
0: person can access the resources that they truly deserve to access. Yeah, and even speaking to the online I think that's huge because obviously the first step is doing something and going to something. And I think for a lot of people to step into an office and Mm -hmm. I mean, one is admitting that you want to seek mental health help through Mm -hmm. a therapist, but actually being able to do it from the comfort of your own home. And I've had it both ways, obviously started in the office and then transitioned to online. And I will say not having to do the commute and Mm -hmm. being able to like be in my comfies totally helps so much, especially if you're nervous about a session or something you have to talk about, like being able to be comfortable at home, I think is huge. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people, I mean, we're behind our screens all day. And so you Mm -hmm. might as well use it for good, but yeah, like you said, access. And I think the online just increases access so much. And I know I've talked with my therapist and she says that a lot of people aren't even wanting to go back into the office. Yeah. They're like this is so wonderful and I think it's just whatever you can get it and however you can get it is mm-hmm. is huge. So um the resources that you shared are hopefully going to be very helpful to yes. many of our listeners or they can share it with someone that they know as well.
1: Yeah. And I hope that I hope that in having this conversation it destigmatizes the conversation about therapy a little more. Yeah. Um, and hopefully helps your listeners have this conversation with someone who they may see as struggling with depression or alcoholism or family issues or even just a divorce slash relationship ending. Right now, people are feeling record levels of depression and anxiety and loneliness. Loneliness is a a really big thing, but also anxiety with transitioning to the new normal. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? How does that feel? Just being able to talk to someone about that and and
0: learning how to get the tools to get back on our feet so important. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think we should wrap it up for today. I'm really excited for to continue this conversation and get into some fun topics. Not that this wasn't fun. I think it's important it's important to lay this foundation for it and kind of spell everything out and like you said, like destigmatize mm-hmm. talking about mental health. And I look forward to where this is going to go. Yes, I'm excited
1: for our recurring mental health-ish themed podcasts. Yes. And I hope that your viewers give you some really good feedback about what they'd want to hear.
0: Yes, send me all the feedback and the five-star reviews. Can't wait. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you all for listening. You can follow Ilana on social media at Daily Therapy Dose. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast listeners, make sure you leave us a rating and a review. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>